want to uh, introduce our series of Sunday School lessons this morning. I'm going to be teaching for the next several weeks, the Lord willing, on uh, the words of redemption and uh, dealing with some basic uh, studies of the terms that we find often in the Word of God uh, that will help you to have an understanding and a foundation concerning the things of the Scripture uh, as pertains to the uh, actual foundational truths of the uh, process of redemption. Now, the Bible is a study of words, and words are of tremendous importance. And if you're a Bible student, you will immediately recognize that uh, the revelation of the Bible does not uh, attempt to deal with all subjects on earth, does not attempt to deal with scientific subjects, although it is extremely scientific in many of its places of revelation, sometimes thousands of years before its time, uh, does not uh, uh, tend to deal with uh, certain answers that man would like to ask. But it's the story of the garden and the fall of man. When man rebelled against God, rebelled against God's uh, revelation, rebelled against God's direction, the conditions of his, uh, of his Creator, and uh, fell into sin. Then the Scripture gives us the process whereby God reveals Himself unto man and, uh, and begins to unfold unto man His, uh, his divine revelation and then uh, comes back to the cross where there man is reconciled uh, back to God and then goes on into the... Uh, process where, uh, whereby the eternal kingdom is set up and goes into the millennium and touches slightly upon that, touches uh, just briefly, gives an allusion to uh, the eternal uh, redemption of man. So, actually, the Bible is a book of redemption. That's the story of the Bible, is a story of redemption, which means that something that was there, uh, God brings back into himself. And so the entire revelation deals with man's redemption. And so we need to examine it as such and uh, come to grips with the, uh, uh, the subject at hand. Mr. Riley, are you in here? I'm getting a feedback on this thing from somewhere. Uh, and so we want to uh, talk this morning concerning that and deal with the subject of redemption and uh, come to an understanding of what uh, this is about. The whole term. In other words, uh, God started to do something, which was He created man. He had a purpose for him. He had an eternal plan for man. And so man, by disobedience and sin, fell from uh, that purpose and plan. Redemption is God. God will not be denied. He will realize His purpose. And redemption is causing that purpose to be realized uh, in humanity. That's what redemption is all about. And the Scripture simply gives us the processes, the plan, uh, the purpose of God in redemption. And it ends with the concluding chapters of Revelation when we see in prophecy that that purpose has been realized and the tabernacle of God is with man and, and man's uh, purpose with God is realized. And so... We want to uh, consider some words that will help you and give you uh, tremendous understanding concerning that process and that purpose, but it's basic to you to understand 
what that is all about. And if you'll just keep that in mind, that that's the purpose of the Bible, it is not there to answer your curiosity, it's not, not there to tickle your intellect, it's not there to allow you to play around with uh, religious philosophy and religious perspectives. It's there for one reason, and it's to give you the, God's plan of redemption, and by you obeying and understanding and embracing, then you can have that plan of, re of redemption. No one will be in heaven except those that want to be there. And more important than that, no one will be in heaven except those who receive that plan of redemption. And it is the devil's business to see that you do not understand that, that you do not embrace that, and that that plan is frustrated. See, that is a perfect plan. That is a plan that, that is organized in heaven. It is ordained in heaven. It is inspired in heaven. It is empowered in heaven. It has been accomplished in heaven. Uh, and upon earth, through God's plan, there's nothing that the devil can do to frustrate that except cause you to reject it or to stray from it. In other words, God has done all that there is to be, uh, to be done concerning redemption, but if the devil can keep you from realizing that and expressing that and uh, establishing that in your life, then it's just as well as if it never happened as far as you're concerned. So... We need, to, uh, we need to lay that groundwork just for a moment. And so I'm going to be dealing with several terms and words that have to do with that and uh, help us to uh, be able to have some nails or pegs that we can hang uh, the divine revelation on. I'm going to deal with several words. One of these is redemption itself. The word redemption. What does it mean? I'm going to be dealing with uh, the word salvation. What does it mean? And all of these words are, are tremendous words, and, and uh, there are, are great uh, uh, facets of understanding. I'm going to be dealing with the word sanctification. What does it mean? Sanctification. The word justification. What does it mean? Uh, born again. What does it mean to be born again? Ever since uh, uh, Jimmy Carter has uh, uh, made his uh, bid for the presidency, the, the term born again is a, is a word that is of tremendous popularity. And I've read at least uh, three uh, different uh, interpretations that uh, have nothing to do with the Bible revelation of, of, uh, of, of, of being uh, born again and of perversions of that truth and many people are talking about it but uh, it's one thing to talk about it's another thing to experience it and understand it in Bible revelation and so we need to understand that over all of these words will be the subject of the kingdom of God the kingdom of God because that's actually what we're dealing with the kingdom of God it's important that you understand uh, several uh, uh, prominent truths concerning the kingdom of God. All of Israel waited for the kingdom of God. And in redemption, we'll, we'll deal with just a little of that. And, uh, and uh, I can think of at least two or three uh, prominent cults that their basic error is because of their misunderstanding of the term the kingdom of God. One of these is Jehovah Witnesses. 
See, to understand the Bible term of the kingdom of God, destroy it. They, they, they have nothing to stand on. To understand the kingdom of God immediately destroys Armstrongism. One of the, one of the uh, prominent cults of our day is Herbert W. Armstrong and, uh, and his interpretation of the kingdom of God. And so it's important that you and I understand what the kingdom of God is. Jesus, when he began to preach, John the Baptist, when he began to preach, Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah prophesied and he said, Make uh, low every, every hill. And uh, fill in the valleys, make a highway, and get ready for the king, because the king is coming. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and John the Baptist picks this right up when he begins to pronounce Jesus Christ. And he says, this is it right now, the king is coming. And Jesus, when he began to preach, he ordained twelve. And he said, go out into the cities and the villages where I'm going to come, and say to them, the kingdom of God's here, it's arrived. I brought it into town when I came. The reason he did that is they had a misconception of the kingdom of God. They looked for the kingdom of God, for armies from heaven to come on white horses and to set up the kingdom, overthrow the Roman Empire, and bring the Jewish nation back into ascendancy. And this is what they looked for. But Jesus said, uh, don't say uh, uh, the, the, the here and don't say there, but the kingdom of God has arrived, and it is here now, and it is in you. It's right here among you. It's present. And when you go preach, heal the sick, cast out devils, and, 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 and every, in every village you, tell, you go to, tell them, the kingdom of God has arrived. I brought it into town when I came. See, the kingdom of God is not something that's far off. There are some facets of it that are far off. And we're going to talk about that in this word of redemption. Redemption of the soul is now. Redemption of the body is later. But the kingdom of God is now, and we enter the kingdom of God now, or the Bible has no meaning. In other words, Jesus told these people to lie. When you go, I want you to lie to these people and tell them that the kingdom of God has arrived. It's here now. You understand me? You see, the Bible is very plain. Okay, so we're going to deal with these subjects, and we're going to talk about this uh, being born again and a number of other words that I believe will give you tremendous uh, insight and understanding. Any pastor who pastors uh, has people who are has harassed and hassled with uh, all kinds of doctrines, uh, isms and, and adventisms and and, uh, and et cetera, and et cetera. And so people take a little bit of, of Scripture and go running off on a tangent, and they ignore the plain teaching of Scripture. And so I'd like to help you to give you some foundation. And I want to deal, deal this morning with this great word, redemption, because that's what the book is all about, redemption. We want to come to grips with an understanding of the word redemption, if we can, this morning. And we deal with two facets of this, which has to do with the kingdom of God. The first facet is the, is the soul, redemption of the soul. The second is the redemption of the body. And so we'd like to move through that uh, this morning. The basic understanding of the word redemption literally means, uh, and, and, and at, the, at the root of this, is, is, uh, is deliverance by payment of a ransom. That's the basic understanding of the word redemption, or by paying a price. And you find traces of this in the Old Testament, both concerning property 
and concerning life. When the Lord reached down into Egypt and He delivered the children of Israel, the firstborn of every family was spared. But from that moment on, God looked at the firstborn of every family and by reason of that deliverance of the firstborn, when Egypt's firstborn was slain in judgment, Israel's firstborn was delivered by the blood of redemption. From that point on, God considered the firstborn as being peculiarly His, and He considered He had a special claim. And thereafter, the firstborn always had to be redeemed by payment. And you'll find this in the Scripture, and you can write this down. And this gives us a little understanding of the Word as we're going to move on through the revelation of the Bible. I wonder if someone would get for me Exodus 13, 13 through 15. Tom Thompson. I'd like for someone over here to get me Leviticus 25, 25 through 27. Leviticus 25, 25 through 27. I'd like for someone to get for me Esther 4, verse 1. Sister Kathy uh, Kennard. Esther 4, verse 1. Redeemed by payment. This is basic to the understanding of the word redemption. Redeemed by payment or deliver by paying a price. Would you read that, Tom Thompson, Exodus 13, 13 through 15? You'll notice here a very, uh, very interesting uh, allusion to the firstborn. We studied in the study on the church uh, this truth concerning the firstborn and uh, that they have a purpose before God. Here we find that again, and it's worthy of your own study sometime when you have time to just do an, in a complete research on the firstborn. But anyway, here we have, it says if you have a lamb and... Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, this 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 you uh, sheep brings forth the firstborn that comes from her. You will redeem. In other words, if, 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 if that that you're to bring before God a payment or a ransom to redeem that, so that you so that that uh, it can be yours, because I sanctify it unto myself. The same is is considered concerning the. Uh, that which is uh, that is born of a woman, the firstborn is considered as peculiarly sacred and peculiarly mine, and so every firstborn there is to be ransom paid uh, for uh, for uh, that uh, firstborn. Okay, then there's another uh, terminology that's used in the scripture, and that's concerning lost property. In other words, if someone through debt should incur debt and lose their property. Uh, or uh, they might sell uh, uh, themselves into slavery or, uh, or uh, uh, become uh, so uh, uh, burdened down and, and, and overwhelmed that they were actually slaves in, in other people. Uh, then there could be redemption paid or ransom paid, and they could be delivered from slavery as pertaining to the property because this was peculiarly a family 
affair, and property remained within tribes and was delivered back every 50 years, then uh, the, this was the next of kin had first rights to property, and the next uh, of kin could redeem that property, and we find that beautiful story in Esther. And so uh, property and, uh, and uh, persons uh, could be redeemed, and we find that again. And again, the, the basic understanding is deliverance by payment of a ransom. Okay, I like those two scriptures, Leviticus 25, 25 to 7, and Esther 4. This has to do with the year of Jubilee, and it was to be measured but, uh, to the year of Jubilee, their 50th year, and then it, re it, it was automatically uh, restored back to the tribe, and so the price was to be measured. But nevertheless, we find the truth that there's to be redemption, redeemed, deliverance by ransom or by payment. And uh, so then we have uh, this beautiful truth carried forth in Esther, Esther 4.1. And verse 12. Oh, goodness, I trusted a commentary and they gave me the wrong scripture. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's just take the time and turn to Esther. What does that 14 say? Yeah, okay, here's, the, uh, here's uh, 14, which has to do with uh, deliverance. And, uh, and uh, here's Mordecai and the beautiful story about Esther. Okay, uh, and so we have the, uh, the word of deliverance, Esther 14. You remember the story of Ruth, how that um, uh, Ruth, as she followed Naomi into the land of Israel, and uh, Naomi, who had claim as a part of the tribes of Israel, her husband had died, her sons had died, and uh, Boaz, who was the next of kin, had the right of redemption. And so as they brought the, the case before Boaz, and, uh, and he was in love with Ruth, and he wanted to marry her, and uh, he wanted to become her kinsman redeemer, they stood in the gate of the city, offered it to one who was nearest of kin, closer than Naomi, uh, and so he said, yes, I'd like to buy that property because it's my kinman, but he said, there's just one problem, uh, that means that you've got to marry Ruth, and he said, no, not me, he said, you, you pick it up, I, I release my option, and so Boaz took the option, bought the property, and married Ruth, if you remember that beautiful story, it has to do with the principle that we're talking about uh, here this morning. Okay, now... As we, as we have that basic understanding from the Scripture, let's move down then into the processes that gives us a little understanding uh, in, the, in the revelation of the book. And that is that God 
uh, this, uh, this word re redemption became God's deliverance for a people. It became a redemption. And you remember uh, the story of God reaching down into Egypt and bringing out the children of Abraham. And we have two uh, pertinent scriptures uh, that have to do with this. I want Exodus 15, verse 13. Who will get that for me over here? Uh, Danny Brown. I want Psalm 78, verse 35. Someone over here. Uh, Brother Jerry Sahlberg. And I want Deuteronomy 9, 26. Somebody over there. Or maybe Ray Hendricks. Deuteronomy 9, 26. And I want Jeremiah 50, 33, and 34. Anybody over on the other side? Okay, Sister uh, Jill. Jeremiah 50, 33, and 34. Came to me and God's deliverance for people. In several passages of the Scripture, it's used so. God's deliverance for people. Now remember that redemption, basically, the word is deliverance. And you're, you're already, those of you who are sharp, are already beginning to look ahead and see how this unfolds in the Scripture uh, for our understanding that men who sold themselves into sin, who uh, mankind who is held in bondage and in slavery, uh, mankind who has willingly submitted himself and begin to serve uh, the enemy of his soul and destructions held in bondages of sin and habit and mental and, and physical and spiritual oppression. But uh, thank God that there is a deliverer. Thank God that God is capable of delivering. Can you say amen? There's no one so low or hell so tight that God cannot deliver them by mighty power. And, and thank God that we're not just simply in some kind of a religious club, that we just we join up and pay dues, and uh, it makes us feel good because we belong to an exclusive society. But, beloved, we are a desperate people. We're held in the clutches of sin. There's no hope. The enemy of our soul has us held in dark chains of bondage. And there's no hope for us unless a mighty deliverer comes on the scene that will pay a ransom and bring us out. And I hope that comes home to you this morning. If you're just toying with, dabbling with religious philosophy of the mind, you'll never know the salvation that we're talking about. I'm talking about actual deliverance. And this is something that we have to have now. It can't wait till the millennium. <laughs> Amen. That's why the kingdom of God is right now. And if it's not right now, then we are in miserable condition. We've got to deliver this operative right now. The kingdom of God is here. It's arrived. Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then no doubt the kingdom of God is here. Praise the Lord. I'll get to preaching here in a minute. Amen. Let's see. Where were we? Exodus 15. Israel's Redeemer. Thou, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Here is a people that God has redeemed. This is talking about the coming out of Egypt. Here's Pharaoh. If you think it's fun to sin, why just read the end of the story. Amen. Go on down into Egypt. And your time will come and you'll be a slave. And not only that, 
But when you start getting close to redemption, close to making sounds of, 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 of uh, getting free to God, I'll tell you what the devil will do. He'll take your straw away and he'll double the talent that you produce. See, that's why you've got to have a deliverer. When the children of Israel were down, the sons of Abraham were down in Egypt, and Moses came to Pharaoh, and he said, Guess what, Pharaoh? God sent me down and said, Let my people go. And Pharaoh said, I'll call you your five and raise you five, Moses. Take all the straw away from them and double the talent. You think I'll let them go? Listen, you think it's been rough up till now? Wait till I get through with you. You see, that's why a little philosophy and a little religious club and a little religious fraternity will never do the job. You're held in the bondages of dark powers of this world, friend. If you're unsaved, and I'm, uh, I am here to declare that you must have a great Savior to deliver you, or you'll never get free from the dark toils of satanic bondage in your mind, in your spirit, and in your soul. You'll never find the breaking of habits. You'll never find the loosing of the mind games that constantly holds you in its grip. Praise God. Mighty Deliverer, Israel's Redeemer. Psalm 78, 35. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God was their redeemer. The high God was their redeemer. This is talking about the children of Israel in bondage in Babylon for sin. Deuteronomy 9.26. Thou hast redeemed. Thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Isn't it wonderful? Salvation is wonderful. Praise God that when I... Uh, opened my heart. I had a real salvation. I remember a number of years ago I was in the United States Air Force in Chinook Air Force Base. I was miserable. I was lonely. I was feeling the results of sin. I was in bondage. And I was, uh, I was religiously inclined. Uh, I had a buddy and he kept wanting to take me over to a church over in, in uh, um, uh, University City. Somebody will remember it over there. And uh, so uh, he said, uh, you go over there, and he said, all you have to do is go to, you go to church, and you go to church, and, and they have all these nice, clean girls in church, and uh, then, uh, then uh, the, the mom and daddy will take you home with them, and they'll, they'll give you free food and a nice place to flop, and, and, uh, and uh, you can just sin, but uh, to your heart's content, it's just managed to. This is the greatest game that there ever was. I thank God I didn't caught up, get caught up. You know, even as a sinner, I said, well, that's a rip. You mean to tell me that you'd, you'd eat their food and, uh, and go to their church and rip off their dog? Some deliverance. See, religion like that, we don't need. I could name the organization, but I won't. And they claim to be a New Testament church. was his religion. Praise God. I wrote off to the Rosicrucians and I said, hey, this is neat. Secret power. <laughs> Got the book back. Said, we can send you a list for 30 bucks. Well, 30 bucks was like 3 million to me. I needed deliverance. Send me a list 
And I could find these books or any in any library uh, on earth. And uh, just as a checker, you do something with your palm of your hand and some secret powers release and all. I said, man, I lied. I need help. But thank God I didn't get sucked into that kind of stuff. And uh, ear, many years had passed. Somebody told me of the Redeemer. Jesus, who's mighty to save. God who is looking everywhere to find a heart that's hungry for redemption and salvation. Okay. Uh, Babylon, then. We have, again, a number, another reference to this, and this is in the children of Israel. They're in Babylon. They've sinned. They're in idolatry. Uh, they've made themselves statues, religious statues, to bow down there to and, and create religious um, interest and uh, enthusiasm. And uh, this is rampant in the United States of America. It's just really, and it goes off under the guise of Christianity. And that's what the children of Israel got thrown into captivity and bondage for. That's why God destroyed their nation and, uh, and brought the troubles upon them, which they've never survived from till this day. And so they're down in Babylon, and thank God that a deliverer was present. Jeremiah 50, 33 to 4. Hallelujah. Their captor refused to let them go. But thank God they have a strong deliverer. <laughs> I tell you, Jesus saves, friend. Salvation is real. And it can be experienced and God can break the power of sin in your soul. Okay, we're, we're carrying this thought on through as to deliverance and redemption, laying a groundwork. Luke 2.38, even in the, in the birth of the Lord Jesus and in the days when Jesus appeared on the scene, this was a very prominent thought. And in Luke 2.38, I'd like someone over here to get that for me. We find the traces of that. Dave Burke, we find the traces of that. It was in their thinking. They were looking for this to come. Uh, and nationally, when Jesus appeared on the scene, and uh, in Luke 2.38, we find these interesting words. And of the prophetess, when they brought Jesus in to have him uh, dedicated to the Lord. As they brought him in, the Spirit of God came upon her. She uh, took him up and prophesied and spoke of uh, unto all them who looked for redemption in Israel. The same thought is there. Redemption, they were under the Roman yoke, and they were looking for, uh, for, for releasing or deliverance from that Roman yoke. And so she spoke to those who were looking for redemption and whose hearts still believed in God. And she said, this child has the key and the answer to what we're looking for. Okay, in the New Testament revelation now, we come into two phases of this in which we need to... This really gets it down to an understanding. And we'd like to deal with that this morning uh, and give some time for discussion in a moment. But there are three words that are used in... And redemption. Agoro. None. The transaction. This has to do with the initial price to buy in the market, the actual transaction of buying. 
Praise the Lord. This has to do with redemption. See, there's several facets of redemption. There are several parts of redemption. And there are several foundational truths that will help you to understand. First of these is the buying or the initial price, the transaction itself. Mark 10.45. Jesus said the Son of Man came to give His life a ransom, a purchase price for many. You see, when mankind sins, when he rebels against God, when he lives his own way, he has built up a horrible debt of sin. And that, de that debt must be paid. See, for you to simply say, and there's many people here that I've heard your testimony, and when it really began to come down on you, that sinful life, you said, God, you get me out of this. You can be sure I'll go to church. We didn't have the slightest clue what church was all about or even what church to go to. But misery, amen, foxhole religion, glory to God, the bullets are flying. It's beginning to come down on God, we get in jail. God, get me out of this, man. I don't want to go to the big house, Lord. Anybody ever done that? Oh, yes. Amen. But you see, it's not sufficient just to get religion. There's more involved. What you've done is you've incurred a debt that must be paid. Are you with me? See, you go down to the Valley National Bank and borrow five grand. Get heavily locked up, clean up to here. And then say, God! And the Valley Bank will say, I'm so glad that you believe in God. It's all paid. Won't they? No, they won't. <laughs> They say the five grand we like, if you don't mind. We're really glad that you got religious. Now we're hoping that because of that you'll pay off. <laughs> Are you with me? Okay, you see, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about sin. A debt of sin, and that debt of sin must be taken care of. And so this is why that just getting religious does not solve that problem. We're talking about slaves in the slave market of sin and rebellion. Okay? 1 Corinthians 6.20 You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, when you and I serve sin, we become the slave of sin. If you don't believe that, I can talk to you for about three minutes and show you that you really are. I can quit any time. <laughs> oh, yeah? Let me see you. Oh, I don't have to, I don't have to drink. I just do this because everybody else drinks. I'm not hooked. I talked to a man in the hospital that drank two-fifths of whiskey a day. Pickled, man. And he said to me, 
I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> I can quit anytime I want to, but he only told me he just didn't want to quit. <laughs> yes, amen. Pot is non-addictive. I can quit anytime I want to. Sure you can, but you just don't. Sex, take it or leave it. I'm not hooked. Really? Let's split from that chick then. Well, amen? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. We're enslaved to sin. Man has to have a price paid. Because, you see, in, in this debt of sin, when you go on the devil's territory, then you incur a debt, and he exacts a tremendous price. And that price is death, nothing short of it. The wages of sin is de death. And he'll stop at nothing short. He doesn't want any partial payments. It's not 10 bucks this month and 20 bucks next month and, and, and five when you catch me. He wants the total price. The total price is death. And he'll not turn you loose until you find the solving and a transaction to settle that account. Thank God for the blood of Calvary. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory. I feel good this morning. Amen. Let's see, where were we? First Corinthians. Did you have a question, Danny? Right. Would you find that and read it for us in just a little bit? We'll come back to it. First Corinthians 7.23. Who did I give that to? You? Okay. Amen. Monkey on your back. You know what the term is? What it means is it's writing you. Okay, Revelation 5 9. Here's the, the heirs of salvation thou hast redeemed us. Transaction. Buy in the market, initial price. By thy blood out of every nation. Thank God for a mighty Redeemer. Can you say amen? Thank God for someone who was willing to pay the debt. Praise the Lord. If you don't think that, that the plan of salvation is a marvelous miracle, get in, just get in debt about four grand to somebody and then go to somebody and say, Hey, could you help me out? Say, how'd you get into that mess? Say, well, I borrowed four grand. Say, well, that's tough. <laughs> Be praying for you, Doc. But I need four grand. Well, that's too bad. You find it where you can find it. But thank God, beloved, that God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, when we were dead in sins and trespasses, has quickened us or made us alive together with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God, who is wealthy in mercy, 
paid that debt. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, there's a second word that's used. I get all the scripture they have. Okay, this is exa. Gerezon. This is a Greek word. And this word means to buy not only the initial price, but to buy out of the marketplace. Remove it from further sale. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? It's not enough that we just have somebody to come along that every time uh, we, as prodigals, we incur a debt that we have a rich uh, daddy and he just says, well, here's a thousand to get you out of the, off the hook. Here's bail. I'm going to get you out. Well, here's four grand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that wreck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see. But thank God that the salvation that we have isn't that kind of a salvation that we've got a wealthy, indulgent daddy that just, just, just goes around just passing out bucks to keep us out of trouble. Amen? But he buys and takes out of the marketplace. It's no longer there. Praise the Lord. That's real salvation, you see. Real salvation isn't that you go into the cubicle and, and, uh, and, uh, and you play the little games and say, uh, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I've been a bad boy and it's too bad I've been a bad boy and I confess being a bad boy. And, uh, and uh, if the man with his collar turned around backward, to be honest, he'd say, yeah, you're going to go out and you're going to be a bad boy when you go out of here too. See, but the redemption that you and I have is exagorizo. It's buying, it removed from the marketplace. Takes out of that situation. Praise God. It's real salvation. Buy out of the market and remove from further sale. Galatians 3.13. I need somebody over here. How about over here? These folk over here get over here and hide. Paul, how about you getting this Galatians 3.13? They hide over there with the lights out thinking that nobody will call on them. Galatians 4.5 over here. Sister... Uh, P. Uh, Pringle, yes. Sister Pringle, Galatians 4 5. Colossians 4 5 over here, somebody. Sister Burgess, Colossians 4 5. Then I want Titus 2 14, somebody over here. Brother Steve Damarotsky, 1 Peter 1 18. Uh, Celia, 1 Peter 1 18. Okay. Exagorezo. Galatians 3 13. Okay, that, that action which Jesus wrought hanging on the cross not only paid the price, but also removed us from the power of that that held us in its horrible grasp. Galatians 4, 5. Remove, or redeem rather, or to buy out of us, not for further... Say Colossians four five. Okay. Colossians four five. Okay. 
Okay, Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are outside, redeeming the time. This word is used concerning uh, the subject at hand, means that we should seize the opportunity of being removed out. That has to do with a little different sense of the, the process of redemption. There's a third phase uh, that, uh, that is of redemption, and that's lutros. It's a very interesting scripture, and you've heard me preach on that if you've been around here for a while, which means to loosen or to set free. And that's the, the added uh, emphasis that is there on redemption. And I like Titus 2.14. Redeem us from all iniquity, or loosen us from all iniquity. See, this is why uh, you hear me preach and people say, I just can't stop. I just can't give up. I just can't get free. Well, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because the blood of Jesus will break the bondage of any habit, any sin, any transgression. And the Scripture says that He came to redeem us from all iniquity, to loose us, to free us from it. That's why I don't buy this uh, old denominational thing. Well, we all sin every day. Well, you better quit it. <laughs> Anytime you find eternal security, you find that phrase. Well, we all sin every day. Where's the salvation then that God speaks of, beloved? This doesn't mean that we may not be deceived and make mistakes, but this means that's not the philosophy of this life. That's not the gospel. The good news is that you can get deliverance from that devil that's on your back. You can get deliverance from the monkey that hangs on your back. See, if all you're going to do to the drug addicts is bring them into a program, they've been in programs. They don't need any more programs. They need lutros, redemption. Who redeems us from all iniquity? Purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Praise the Lord. First Peter one eighteen. You're not redeemed with perishable things such as silver or gold. Uh, from the vain conversation which you receive from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. That word again is lutros. Your vain conversation is your walk. That walk of sin, that walk of ungodliness, iniquity, rebellion, and unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus, thank God, can change that walk, can change that conduct. So it's accomplished, and this is the third word. Three words there, lutra-o. Okay. Now we want to, to conclude this morning by talking about the redemption of the body. We've been talking about the redemption of the soul. Legally and forensically, the redemption of the body was paid for in Calvary. The first fruits of that are received in divine healing and miracles. But the full manifestation of that only comes in the redemption of the body. And this is where, unless you understand this, 
then these false cults will trip you and tangle you and cause you to understand. Because there is a time coming that there will be a redemption of the body that has not happened yet. Uh, on the one hand, there are those that say you can't get saved now. You can't get saved now. That's what they'll tell you. Well, I beg to differ you. I thank God that I got saved before I found that out. Who will tell you you can't get born again now? Well, beloved, I got born again before you came around or before uh, I heard such a thing. You're too late. You're 23 years too late. Thank God it happened to me. Okay. Now, I understand there's no redemption of the body yet, and this is very apparent. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That's something that is yet to come. Legally, it has been taken care of at Calvary. But in God's plan, it is not taken care of until a future time. We have three, three scriptures I want to read, and we'll come back and open this for discussion. And uh, I, I assume that we'll get some pretty uh, in-depth uh, understanding. Romans 8.23, I'd like for someone over here, Jerry Salberg. I'd like for Ephesians 4.30, uh, Tom Thompson. I'd like for Ephesians 1.14, somebody over here. Ephesians 1.14. Uh, Ray Hendricks, Ephesians 1.14. The redemption of the body is yet to come. It is a future time in God's dispensation, but it has nothing to do with being saved now, being born again now. Romans 8.23. Okay, this is Paul. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jerry. Which is the redemption of our body. Okay, that is a particular phrase and term. You need to understand that clearly. The redemption of the body or the actual time when the body will be changed and the body will enter into its full ramification. You've heard me say that, uh, that uh, people who die uh, now and their bodies laid in the grave and they go to hell, that is not the full punishment of sin. But they will be resurrected. The reason is that the full punishment of sin cannot be realized until their body is resurrected. And then they are cast alive into the lake of fire, Revelations 20, to suffer for eternity forever and forever and forever. Hell is bad enough, but that's not the end, beloved. Neither can you and I who get saved now uh, receive the full uh, impact of our salvation, but that comes when the body's redeemed, when our bodies are changed, thank God. First Corinthians 15, and when we are caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortality shall put on immortality, then the body's redemption is made complete, and we receive our full reward. The full reward of salvation is not in this life, but it comes at the redemption of the body or call the resurrection. Okay, Ephesians 4.30 is an interesting scripture that helps us to understand this. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Here's a beautiful illustration. Let me bring it to you. Sealing. This is a practice that is alluded to and, uh, and was very... Uh, very prominent uh, around Ephesus, which is the seacoast uh, city, and around the areas of the of the uh, Aegean Sea, 
and uh, timbers would be cut, uh, dragged to the to the ocean, and there uh, would be held in large floats. I've seen these in Canada by the hundreds, and there they'd be tied together so that they could be uh, brought into far distant places and, and tied onto ships and etc. And so in this area, men came from all over the the Mediterranean area to purchase the floats of these logs. And as the bidding would come, uh, they'd buy back and forth, and the highest bidder would buy. And then on that, a float of logs would be put his seal, regardless it may be uh, this or maybe that, initials or whatever it may be. He would pay earnest money, which would seal the deal and would be a good faith contract of the transaction. Put his mark upon the float of logs, so that they would know that they belong. And let's just say, for instance, that this is Mitchell. Okay, Mitchell's seal is put on that float of log. I put the earnest money down. Then, awaiting the time when I accepted delivery and when I would pay the full price. Okay. Now, this beautiful verse of Scripture in Ephesians 4.30 says that you and I who are God's children, He has... Purchased <laughs> out of the slave market, made his bid, and that bid was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Having accomplished that, but not ready yet to accept delivery. For reasons of his own, put his seal, which is the Holy Spirit, upon the purchased possession. That's what it means to be born again. It means that suddenly God puts His stamp mark. And that's why, beloved, you can tell the difference between believers and unbelievers. That's why we demand that there has to be a change of life. If God has indeed put His stamp mark upon you, then suddenly a whole range of things transpire. That you receive a divine nature, number one. Number two, the power of sin is broken. Number three, the Spirit of God is yours to come in and take up His dwelling in and begin to express Himself through you in the gifts which are just but a promise of that which is to be. Amen. Number four, your minds are renewed. You don't think in the same patterns that you used to. And that's, that mark is upon you visibly for everyone in the world to look and say, I don't understand Oscarson. He used to be a good guy. He used to party. He used to be a nice guy to talk to. And now when I talk to him, he wants to talk about Jesus. What's happened to Oscarson? I used to like him, but I don't like him anymore. It makes me nervous when he comes around. What's happened is God put His seal upon him. That's what happened. And there visibly for the world to read is the earnest of the inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. But one of these days, see, that's God's property. He's put His seal on that. It's visible. All the devils know immediately. They know, they know Oscarson's name. You can bet they know Terry Oscarson's name. It's written in heaven. Amen. Okay. But one of these days, uh, like Brother Westberg, boy, that was effective, wasn't it, when Randy Woolman blew that trumpet. And suddenly, Terry Oscarson, that God has purchased, and he put his seal on and said, I'll be back for him. One of these days, suddenly, Terry goes, like that. 
And in that same instant and action, in a moment, in an atom of time, he's going to be changed. And that body, the redemption, is going to transpire. Are you following me? See, this is Bible. If you're waiting for someday for redemption to transpire, you better heed and get saved now. Because when that trumpet blows, Terry's going to go this way and you're going to sit here. And that's going to be a fearsome event. Two men will be in bed. Or two people will be in bed. One. <laughs> Lord delivers. I'm preaching on that this morning. One go, one taken. Two women be grinding at the mill. One will disappear and just gone. Amen. Redemption of the body. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 1.14. Yeah. Sealed with that precious spirit of promise. And we got about a couple of minutes. I got to preaching and, and got away from myself. But let's, uh, let's answer a couple of questions, maybe before we lay this to rest. Anybody have a question pertaining to this? Yes, Jill? I'm curious. A lot of people, some people that I pray with the theology don't seem to have a full revelation of what salvation is. Yes. Some people she prays with at the altar don't seem to have the revelation of salvation. Do not let reaction uh, fool you because I've seen people that I have prayed with and they just cry and snob and I'm so glad and I'm so happy and somebody else say, God be merciful to me, a sinner, don't crack. There's no emotion, there's no outward sign of any kind. But guess who got the goods? Not the emotional slobber box. The person... That showed no emotion at all. So don't let, don't let that fool you. And I don't know. See, this is not me. You and I cannot give that to them. Thank God that we're talking about something that man cannot give. We're not talking about a human mechanism, organization, or institution, or, or, or some kind of a con game, or some kind of a mind trick. We're talking about something that if they mean business with God and will repent, suddenly written on them seal of the Holy Spirit and God does His wonderful work and the Lord knoweth them that are His. I don't know. I can tell in three or four months I can tell you uh, I can tell you for sure. Sometimes you can tell in three days. Sometimes you can tell but uh, undeniably you can tell before the very long you can tell whether they got the goods or not. If they come again you can be pretty sure that they might have got something. I'm out of time. The Lord love you. We'll, we'll do a recap on this next week. I see that we've got some interest stirred and answer any questions that you may have. May the Lord bless you. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tear up anything on it, brother. Your, yeah. Steve, give this to Ike and give this to Sister Burgess.